What do you love to do? What are your strengths? What do you excel at? Now, how can you capitalize on your talents, what you love doing, what you're good at, and turn it into money-making opportunities? We're going to help you today. It's Seven Figures. I'm Sandy Waters. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to join the podcast. And if you listen every week, then you most likely have the same financial goals as the rest of us. You want financial freedom. You don't want to have to stress about money. So each week, we cash in with the experts to help increase your financial IQ. And today, we cash with professional athlete, coach, and founder of the Doug Miller Soccer Academy, Doug Miller. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. So when I was thinking about inspirational people, people who really work hard to get to where they are, you popped in my mind. Always positive. You were always seeking and looking for that next opportunity. Um, so I thought I'd bring you in today so you can inspire all of us. I appreciate it. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that will be the message at the end. No pressure. No pressure, Doc. <laughs> First, let's start from the beginning. You grew up very humble. Yeah, I, I grew up in New Jersey. Um, you know, I have three older sisters uh, and I was like the prodigal son because uh, my parents kept having kids until they got me. And uh, so I was really, really babied my entire life. And, ah. um, <laughs> my, my dad was a hard worker. He worked in you know retail and uh uh, I rarely saw him during the week. My mom had us, you know, in our pajamas at 5.30 and in bed by 7. Yeah, see, I think that's what's key, though. The hard work, um, family, that's what breeds success. Don't you agree? Well, I think uh, the first thing is, you know, about family. It's it's so important because uh, growing up with my family and seeing how we generally cared about people, I want to make sure that's the message for our organization and our teams uh, and the players within that, that they generally care about people and, and, and wanting good things to happen for them, uh, even though it might be you know you sacrificing your playing time. Uh, when it comes to hard work, I watch my dad work you know six, seven days a week to provide for you know my three older sisters and myself and, and you know this, to sacrifice. And the things that he sacrificed, I remember you know one story of him sacrificing lunch you know every day so he could get me a new pair of Patrick cleats. Uh, and so you go through that and you, and those are things that are entrenched in you. And I think, you know, I, I got that, you know, work ethic from my father and seeing how hard he had to work. And I'm not afraid of work. Early on, it was, I was always afraid of failure. When, you know, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I knew I was a failure and I was okay with that because, you know, failure doesn't define who you are. It, you know, is only inevitable for you to be successful because at the end of failure is success and you just have to get yourself up and so every time I fail at something, I try and learn from it and to improve on it, trying to be, you know, uh, as close to perfection as possible. And I'll never get there. But, you know, that's the goal. You never say no. You're always there seeking the next opportunity, recognizing your talents, what mm-hmm. you're good at and turning that into money making opportunities. But I think fear gets in the way a lot of times. Fear is the biggest thing that stops people. You know, when, when you actually are going through life and you think about where you are in your journey, because they're all dots in a road, people quit. And if they could look from 70 feet above, they'd see that the finish line was only four or five feet in front of them. Mm. But they quit early. And if they would have looked up from that, that, that you know, area, they would have seen, oh, man, I can do this. I can go that four or five extra feet. Because it's, it's, it's not that far of a distance. But we quit before because that pain has gotten so bad. Yeah. But at the end of pain is success. And staying positive. Yeah, I mean, you know, positive in a sense that, you know, I believe we can achieve anything as long as we put our, you know, minds to it and, and willing to, you know, work at it. I'm positive in, in all the things that people ask me, can I do this? Yeah, sure, I'll figure it out. If I fail, I'll have to redo it and try it a different way. 
but failure doesn't stop me from trying to do things. And, you know, we started, you know, a business Glacier Ridge dead zone last uh, July. A couple of my friends, you know, gave us this idea and we took it from point A, which was the inception of the idea to all the way through a business. And we had a couple thousand people go through our haunted zombie paintball excursion. Um, and it was a huge success for us. I actually got excited about that because it was a challenge. Soccer is a, is a huge challenge for me in yeah. coaching and stuff. But I always like, you know, to get excited about, you know, opportunities and, you know, seeing that, hey, could I, you know, make this successful? I've taken an idea and a concept from soccer and my professional career and turned it into, you know, being able to be a teacher. And that's actually what I was called to be in the first place, but had to go through the journey of 26 years of playing pro to end up being a teacher. If you choose to focus on the positives, the positives far outweigh the negatives. And I think that's just a mentality in in our society. We want to pay for something, but we don't want to go through the pain. And I'm one who says, hey, for you to be successful, you have to be able to go through that pain, that skill work, which is those 10,000 hours, you know, that you want to be, you know, good at your craft. Um, And today we have to change the mentality. We as the adults have to teach our kids, hey, this is part of life, the journey that you have to go through. And there is a bit of pain. And, you know, at the end of that, you're going to be successful and it's setting you up for your future. And if everybody just took time and looked back at dots in the world, why did that happen? Why did that happen? They'd realize all these things are happening for a reason because we're all called to do something different. With every failure, there's a lesson, right? It's a hard lesson sometimes, but maybe if we retrain the way that we think, if we expect to fail the first time on our first attempt, then maybe it'll take the pressure off. And then we just make sure we don't fail at it again. I failed already today. You fail probably already today. We can't change that we're going to fail. But what we can do is identify that and then try and change that. And, you know, how we speak to people going forward. If something good happens for them, be generally happy for them because it was meant for them. The funny thing is, I told this story just the other day. I found $20 at Wegmans right at the cashier. And, uh, you know, most people would pick it up and say, oh, I found 20 bucks. I'm going to pay for my meal uh, or my food. Instead, I gave it to the cashier and I said, somebody dropped this. So now knowing I've done the right thing, I've given it to the cashier. Now I can go and I can sleep good at night that maybe somebody who needed that $20 is going to come back for it. And they, people say, well, that cashier probably just put it in his pocket. I said, that's on him. I don't have to worry about that. We're just doing the right things. And if, yeah. if people had that mentality all the time and when good things happen, somebody gets a promotion be generally happy for them because they, they deserved it. Whether they did or not, there's a reason why they got it. And yeah. I think that's just the perspective that, you know, we have to take in life. A different mindset, but not only for ourselves, but we really need to teach that to our kids. Plus, I, I think we need to teach our kids to work harder for things. We tend to just spoil them too much. Give them the easy path. Everything is moderation. You know, you know our, our daughters, uh, you know, are, are uh, spoiled. But, you know, it's about respect and integrity. Um, And so you have to respect the things that you have, the things that you want to get. And then you have to have the integrity to go and work hard and and to to accomplish your things. So you put these boundaries in that they have to live up to. Now, again, they're going to fail. And we as parents have to be there just to pick them up and to encourage them. They have to learn, you know, from their mistakes as well as their successes. You know, my oldest daughter, both of them work in the cafe at my facility she got a, a car for her birthday. Uh, I was like, okay, well, if you want to move that car forward, you're going to have to pay for the gas. 
again, it's funny because she'll take grandpa and say, grandpa, you want to go for a ride? <laughs> oh man, I need gas. And next thing you know, grandpa. <laughs> so, you know, you, you, you think about, man, that's, you know, pretty sly on her part, but that's that entrepreneurial spirit that I think she's got now, knowing that grandpa's got a soft spot. <laughs> so, you know, for our kids is really generally caring about people. And the biggest thing that I tell my daughters is to serve. Think of yourself second. We as a society, a lot of us you know, are in the position where we think of ourselves first. And if we start to think of ourselves second and doing things for others, then our society is you know, going to be a much better place to live. I said this to my teams. If you went out and served every one of your teammates and there was 18 players on a team, 17 plus yourself, 18, you would have probably at least 12 to 14 players serving you. That's 14 times more than you can serve yourself. And so that's the mentality that you have to have. I'll be dropping that one on my kid today. Okay, so to better our financial future, though, for those who are in a lot of debt, who want to get out of debt, who crave more out of their career, but are nervous because they don't have the money to take a huge risk, what do they do? I think, you know, uh, as I look at my journey from how I started my business from 1996 when I came here, you know, it started as, you know, doing private lessons. Um, it started then doing soccer camps and then it moved into a training academy. Uh, what people don't know is from 2000 to 2007, I had my PNC license. So I was selling insurance, you know, from 2000 to 2007. I had a pretty good pickle business with MGM Associates in Penfield. So from 2000 to 2007, I had my soccer program. I was working at MGM Associates and I was playing for the Rhinos. So I was doing all those things and balancing and trying to figure out and navigate through that to say, all right, how do I do this so that I can set my family up and maybe something that I want to do in the future? And then that led in 2007 for me to walk away from insurance because my program took off and it could sustain itself and continues to grow. And then in 2009, Instead of paying rent, it was investing in my real estate into the facility. And then it was, all right, you have 31 acres, you have a soccer facility. What are you going to do with all that land? And I used to drive from, from Rochester to Buffalo to play with the Blizzard indoor, and I would pass Polar Wave all the time. And I'm like, well, I've got enough property. Why not put a snow tubing? We live in we live in Rochester. Yeah. We get snow all the time. Yeah, that's changed, of course. I know. In the right last when six you years. <laughs> So that was when we started to build. Now, most people probably didn't, wouldn't have done it the way I did it. Uh, they probably would have bought the place, you know, kept it and waited a couple of years. But I went right into, you know, trying to expand and snow tubing. And I had this great idea. I got Ratnik Industries to give me the understanding of making snow and putting a snow tubing hill. And then, we, you know, we put all things in place there. And then that was kind of what Glacier Ridge Dead Zone moved into was another idea concept that you can monetize my property that you have in regards to it's seasonal. So what do you do with a seasonal business? You have to go through those different seasons. Well, soccer is, you know, 11 months a year. Snow tubing is in the winter. You know, you have soccer camps in the summertime and then you have the dead zone, you know, in, in the fall time. So you're just trying to balance it. And again, it wasn't, you know, about, oh, I have a ton of money that I can invest in this. It was done on a shoestring budget and you make the experience like it's like Trump, you know, so okay. when you go to Trump Plaza, it's like, oh, ho holy cow. So you want you want to make sure that you you deliver to your customers. And again, it wasn't like, oh, we're going to invest a couple hundred thousand dollars into this. It was all right. How do we do this? You know, and, you know, make it all work. So start small. Yeah. Little by little. 
Yeah, I think, you know, and again, those who are in, you know, in debt, you know, how do you get pay off your debt? You know, pay, try and pay it down. And, and what, what is painful about it is the sacrifice that you have to go through. So instead of eating out three times, five times, eight mm-hmm. times, don't eat out at all. You know, and how do you pay down? And the biggest thing that I realized is how important credit is and everything that you do, you know, because, you know, people, banks especially, of trying to get, you know, loans, they're going to look at your character. They're going to look yeah. at your credit score. They're going to look at your, you know, can you, you know, have you been able to show that you can pay, you know, this debt down? If you can put those things in place, then you can be successful, but it comes with great sacrifice. And, you know, that's, that's the hardest thing for people to do is sacrifice, yeah. you know, their self-being for others, their self-being for something that is going to be 10 years down the road. 10 years is a far time. I don't want to wait 10 years. Patience. Yeah. I think we've lost, we, we are all guilty of it. Mm-hmm. We want it and we want it now. Convenience, you know, it's just like yeah. everything. I laughed because I said it, you know, we went to Carrie's aunt and uncle's house. And at first I thought it was the rotary dial on their, on their wall. And I walked up and it was a push button. But I said to my daughter, Kayla, as we're walking by, I said, could you imagine going the time it took to dial long distance, you know, 10 numbers. And if you messed up, yeah, you had to start again. My kids would freak out. Foreign concept for her, right? Yeah. What? They would freak out because everything is so at our hands, so convenient. And again, who who has caused that? Our society. We don't necessarily need that. But it's now it's that perceived value that, oh, no, if you don't have this, you know, and that's that marketing that all these companies are doing. Mm-hmm. Carrie asked me, well, hey, what do you want to do for Father's Day? I'm like, hey, let's just do a barbecue or, or go to a picnic. When's the last time, you know, you, you, you thought, I don't want to, you know, have to go and live up to expectations. Mm-hmm. Let's just go and enjoy each other. Is there along the way, was there anyone in particular that inspired you or a book maybe that you can recommend? So, you know, I, you know, shamelessly failing, I, I, I haven't read a lot of books. I, I've read a couple, um, one by Dave Dravecki. Uh, he was a pitcher for the Padres. He was a Christian. The deal with being a Christian in a sports, athletic, professional world, mm-hmm. which, you know, was very challenging. And it's always challenging. Not as much now that it was back then. Mm-hmm. And even for me in 1996, people thought I was different. I just didn't want to be like a professional athlete and do the things that they did. I wanted what I have now, my wife, my two kids, you know, my family. And so, um, you know, one of the things that was said was if you could pick anybody on your team, anybody you can ever think of, who would you pick? And he asked this question to a bunch of his teammates and they were like, Oh, Pete Rose, they were like, you know, Johnny Bench, you know, Mickey Mantle, Babe Ruth, all these guys. And he said, I'd pick Jesus Christ. And again, the reason why? Because he'd be the best at everything. In the end, that that really played a part for me was because I'm very strong in my faith and I believe everything happens for a reason. Uh, again, sometimes you don't understand it at that particular time. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, later down the road. Oh, that's why that happened. And then you realize, and that pain that I went through was for a reason. And at the end of that is a bit of success. And life, I realize, is way too short, you know, to be there thinking that um, it's everything is about the result. It's not about the result because we missed a journey. I have four championship rings that I won professionally. I have one amateur that I won, and I don't wear any of the rings. My dad wears one, and the other ones are sitting in my home. They're about stories. Those trophies, those rings, they're not, you know, they don't define me. Right. And I used to laugh and say, oh, I used to be a pretty important guy around here. 
because I was a you know soccer player. But that's not my end. My end is being a mentor, a coach, an educator. And when I leave, I want people to say, Doug generally cared about people and wanted the best for him. Whether they see it or not, I'm not here to change their opinion. It's it's on them. But I sleep really well at night. Yeah. And uh, I'm okay with that. Now it's time for the ROI, your return on investment. You dedicated your precious time to listen to this podcast. So the ROI, Doug, the one big takeaway from today. Hard work beats talent. Uh, how how smart somebody is, um, you know, what they, they came from doesn't mean that they're going to end up, you know, in the end being more successful. So hard work beats talent all the time. And you got to get up earlier than the, the guy next to you so that you can do that. Yeah. And taking risks, being confident enough to take risks. I don't yeah. think I recognized confidence until I was 40. I mean, way late in the game. No, you're never late. Look at um, uh, KFC, the colonel uh, at 64, I think. He had his little Kentucky Fried you know, thing, you know, little store on this gas station. And, you know, next thing you know, a road came through and took away that gas station. So he went door to door and place to place with it. And at 65, he turned it in. I think there's 11,000. Kentucky Fried Chicken, you know, places all. So you're never too late. Again, it's just about timing. And when timing happens, it's not on our time. It's on his time. Professional athlete, coach, and founder of the Doug Miller Soccer Academy. Thank you. One of the main streams of revenue for Doug is real estate. Is that a good option for you? Gosh, we see so many shows and hear so much about flipping houses and owning rental properties. Is it something that you always wondered about? How much money can you really make from doing that? We'll cash in with our experts. Bert Ale Tomedy from Family First Federal Credit Union next week on Seven Figures. We'll lay out the facts, tell you what's involved, what's the risk versus reward, and then you can decide. In the meantime, if there's any other financial topics that you want to discuss and learn more about to increase your financial IQ, just reach out on Twitter at Seven Figures Pod or you can email me at Sandy at RochesterBuzz.com. Talk to you next week. Thanks for subscribing to Seven Figures on iTunes and Google Play. 